Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. I'm Chris Salamone from Four Eyes Furniture, and with me as always, Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds. Hey, everybody. And Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern. How's it going? Today is Thursday, August 17th, otherwise known as National Thrift Shop Day. You guys do, uh, do any uh, thrift shopping? I used to back in the day. I used to get crazy cool hats thrift shopping. Yeah, you know, I went through a phase like in the, I don't know, 2003-ish probably where all of my shirts, all of my t-shirts, I'd get like a lot of old elementary school t-shirts and just like weird stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's like what thrift stores I think are, are made for, just finding weird things. Yeah. yeah, back when I was in high school, they didn't have like American apparel. So they didn't have like a lot of the 50-50 really soft t-shirt blends. Uh-huh. So the only way to get like the really soft worn out t-shirts was finding them used at <laughs> Let somebody stores, else wear like, it out for you. <laughs> right, because all new t-shirts were all like the really thick, 100% cotton Hanes ones that were like stiff as a board. So me and my buddies would always scour the thrift shops looking for those those vintage feel t-shirts that are now so common. Yeah. It's funny. I actually still have a few of my t-shirts and like I just can't bring myself to throw them away. And they're, I bought them for like 50 cents probably, but they're just so weird. <laughs> like I have this one. It's got a it's got a basketball hoop on the front, a you know, ball like swishing through a hoop and it says Optimus Prime. So it must have been like some it was an kids. inside joke somewhere, but we don't yeah. get it. Yeah, it must have been like I'm figuring it's like some kids basketball team and they named their team Optimus Prime as from 1987 or something and then this was like the coach's shirt that's what i'm guessing that's funny that's awesome. it's my little story that i made up all right so anyways i guess we can hop into it there's enough thrift store talk so what are you guys working on oh actually first you know what before we get into that i think we have a little business to take care of so we got a few messages from a number of people this week that apparently if we want to do that applebee's meetup we better get on it quick because they're shutting them down oh that's shutting so down true. locations I saw that. a lot of them too like a hundred something right i know my oh. mom sent me the message, and I was like, oh, man, now I feel kind of bad. It's the end of an era. I know. The people have spoken. There's better <laughs> options. <laughs> so who are we going to take down next, though? <laughs> Who's next on the hit list? We'll yeah. think about it. We'll think about it. All right, we'll come up with something. <laughs> you, can, you can write in your suggestions. Yes. yes. All right, so now what are you guys working on? Um, this week, oh, uh, can I go? Go for it. Both yeah, of you right. at the same time. You know, it's been a while since I went first. I, it seems like I always pass it off to somebody. Um, this week I put out a video and I think I, it kind of goes along with our show topic a little bit at least. It does. A picnic table video. Something that I'd been wanting for the house for a little while. Lately it seems like we've been throwing a bunch of kind of like cookout, hangout type stuff and there's never enough seating. So I built a six seater, six foot long uh, picnic table. But going mm-hmm. into it, I knew I wanted to do it unique in some way. So going into it, whenever I was sketching, I was thinking, what are some of the normal obstacles that would maybe be intimidating or just tough about a traditional picnic table? And every time it seemed to boil down to the whole A-frame of it. Yeah. Maybe not now, you know, having built what I've built and kind of understanding things, like the angles for that wouldn't be anything crazy for me and it it would be pretty easy. But for someone maybe building their first five, 10 projects, Right. That could be, you know, a point, at least a hurdle. So I went into it sketching, t- wanting to design a picnic table that only used right angles. So everything was square. You know, if you had the measurement for the board and you had the measurement of where it needed to be, that was as complicated as it got. And I think I came out with a pretty cool table. Um, the first one, my first iteration was a total failure. I wanted to make it instead of an A shape, ba- a basic H shape where the two legs came up and then the the crossbars yeah. just kind of made an 
obviously H shape. Going into it, I thought there was definitely going to be an issue with the stability of it because that means that legs can only be as wide as the the width of the tabletop. And obviously yeah. the benches kind of extend out from that. So I I just went with it first. I figure if if it works, awesome. If not, I have a backup plan. And I, I had to go to the backup plan. I just added some legs. Instead of it being an H shape, it's kind of a, I don't know, maybe an M shape. or a, Yeah, it's like an H, but the lower legs are pushed out. Yeah, a little bit. So that one was pretty cool. It was fun getting a one-day build in. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just waiting for it to dry out a little bit so I can put a finish on it. It keeps raining every day. Now, do you think if the whole top was just a little wider, do you think, I guess nah, that probably wouldn't fix it. Probably if the whole thing was just heavier, that would yeah. fix it. So if you anchored the legs to the ground, in the like if it was in its original H shape, if you right. could get an angle bracket and somehow anchor it to the concrete, if that's what you're putting it on, that would totally work. But, you know, for, for mass appeal, I wanted it to work basically, whether you're putting it on grass, on concrete or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a good solution. And I felt it was actually natural in the video. It didn't, f- I mean, obviously it was like, okay, here's my first idea. It didn't work, but I can quickly adapt. It wasn't like, all right, tear it down and start over. Yeah. And that was the first time I've ever, maybe not the first time I've ever done it, but the first time I've kind of gone into it knowing that I'm prototyping and I know there's going to be some pretty decent, you know, not obstacles or hurdles, whatever it is, like challenges in there. Right. But just saying, all right, I've got the basic shape of what I'm making. I know the dimensions I need. Let's just make it. Yeah. I and, think- uh, in the video, didn't you even say like that you were 50-50 when you were going to sit on it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyways, it came out cool. So check that video out. Let me know what you guys think. What are you working on, Chris? So for this weekend, actually, I had some ideas for things that I wanted to build. But then as the weekend got there, I actually was like, you know what? I got to just finish up these other things. I just had to tie up loose ends with the leather stool and with the plywood workbench. So I just made sure that I got all of the shots that I needed for that and then did all my like voiceover work so that I can actually start editing and putting those videos out. Um, other than that, I took apart a CNC machine, which the original one, the original one. Okay. So luckily taking them apart is way faster than putting them together. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you, can, you can take those things apart. Like it's nobody's business. So I believe it did that. Now I got to box it up and now I, I, I've got room for, the next one. And I, I think I've talked about it a little bit before. I think I've already said the brand name of the first one, but I just want to say it's no knock on the equipment. I think the equipment's totally fine. It was actually some other factors that kind of played into it. So I don't want anybody to think that I'm disparaging the not the throwing any shade. Company. Exactly. <laughs> How about you, Ben? Uh, been a lot of editing lately. So I've, I've actually got a lot of videos out recently. I think I have yeah, like have. nine or 10 videos in the well, last you put two out in, in one day, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think in general, I'm, I'm aiming more towards like one and a half to two videos a week now. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the, with the, the new employees and stuff. Um, so yeah, I've been doing a lot of editing. Um, are you still editing everything yourself? I'm editing the videos I produce. And then when I hire people, they shoot edit and you know uh do everything themselves cool uh but the i think the ones that are sort of interesting and worth talking about are the corian dish uh cnc video mm-hmm. and it, it's a really interesting project uh not because it's so complicated it's a very simple use of my little carvey uh cnc or 3d carving machine as the people at inventables like to call them <laughs> uh, but What's, I think, really exciting about it is that typically with YouTube videos and CNC machines, it kind of turns off a lot of people because not everyone has access to one. So with this project, 
as part of my deal with the sponsor, uh, Inventables, we said, well, let's let's make it open source, right? So if you watch the video and then click on the links below, it'll take you to Easel, which is like a web-based app where you can design things right in it. And if you design anything in that, if you click on the links, I will make it for you on one of my machines and also pay for the materials and pay for the shipping to send it to you. That's so really cool. It's cool. It's what I, so basically what I told the sponsor is rather than you know save some of the budget and actually use that to let people test out their first project for free. If you if they want they want people to see how easy it is to use their software because they're confident that if people see how easy it is to do the hard part, which is the digital sort of design part, and then they know that they can actually wait. I could have made that if I had my machine. Right. And it's it's, it's exactly what I want to do with sponsors is not to say hey this is an awesome product check it out but actually say no here's access to it to something that you otherwise couldn't afford you can't just walk into a store and test drive one of these machines but it actually lets people sort of make things so it's good for the audience because they get access for free uh, and free materials and it's good for the brand because it gets people test driving their machine and seeing that wait this isn't really that hard i could quickly design things that i could then sell or make or sort of do that um, so we're encouraging projects with the Carvey machine, which has a relatively small sort of uh, uh, work envelope. Um, and so far, we've had quite a few people sort of submit design ideas. So that's uh, what I was going to ask is because it's only been out for a few days, the project video. So I had people submitting projects within like the first three hours of the video. Oh, nice. Because the, the, the easel software is that that. So for all the listeners out there, you know, high priority to our Modern Maker uh, podcast uh, listeners, of course. Um, so, yeah, uh, go go check it out. It's the 3D carved Corian dish video. It's like one of the last few videos I posted on my YouTube channel. And watch the video. That'll, that'll give you a sense of what the machine can do and uh, submit a design. So that's been, that's been really fun. Uh, the other things that I posted were my first welding video and the the molten metal tabletop which i had completed a long time ago but finally got around to editing it because i finished the legs and people seem to be really liking those and again the 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 welding was was pretty easy uh i I, know (laughs) it really is i just used bolt cutters to cut all the metal like i didn't even use the angle grinder just because it was fast uh set up a jig to get everything level and uh yeah so a uh, lot of editing, and uh, now getting ready to head out to California to do a really big project. A big project that might take multiple hands to work on? It might. It might. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. Should we uh, get into the topic? Let's do it. It was your idea, Chris, so take it so away, So if it brother. sucks, blame me. All right, no. Yeah. <laughs> so it's something that it actually kind of came about naturally, as luck would have it, but... Um, I don't think we've talked about this before, and it's when to say no, or maybe just say no. So this could take no means a ver- no. No means no. We got a <laughs> we got a plethora of names we could use to, for this this podcast. But um, yeah, I think this can take a variety of different forms. So this could be, it could have to do with making things for friends or family. It could have to do with if you're making things for clients, or maybe if you're in kind of our position, it might be when to say no to a sponsorship deal. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head if you guys have uh, a history with doing that. I'm sure you guys both have, so we can talk about it all. I guess the only thing I'll say to just kind of kick the conversation off is 
just to get general in general and then we can get into more specifics i'd say that anytime and this could be with friends family with clients or with sponsors i kind of ask myself two questions so one would be is this good for me and obviously you want the answer to be yes and two is is this good for the other person so is it good for the person you're building something for is it good for the person who wants to sponsor you or the company that wants to sponsor you and obviously in an ideal world you want both of those answers to be yes right so i'm sure have, have you guys dealt with like family and friends wanting things from you i always do the I, I i have a pretty like standard response that i give to all my friends and family for the most part is i say oh wow that sounds like an awesome idea if I ever have a sponsor that that matches with in terms oh, of like, good. you know what I mean? Like whether they're like, oh, let's do some kind of weird outdoor thing that yeah. even if it doesn't make a good video, I'll just be like, oh, that sounds really cool. If <laughs> I ever have a sponsor, out of the that, bag. like if I ever have a sponsor that's into that idea, I'll definitely like we'll get it done because you know what I mean? I always tell them it's about the video first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good uh, uh crutch to be able to lean on oh for sure because then you can give them the oh man i want to make it too but i just gotta i gotta get a Sorry, sponsor man. to hop on board for that video and then corporate like, oh, america yeah, just it, doesn't want it. to okay because <laughs> I, I don't want to be mean and be like no i hate i i not i would never say i hate that idea right. but just if it's something that's just it doesn't fit modern builds occasionally i'll say no like if it's if it's a friend that i i don't think i'm gonna like hurt their yeah. feelings by saying it but for the most part i just give them I give them that answer. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, and that's a good example of this, but probably the friends and family, that is where it's hardest to say no, because these are people that, you know, you have an existing relationship with. And you're going to see pretty regularly. Going on, yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, I guess I'm not talking to mom anymore. But (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so actually in the beginning, so if you're just starting to make things, making things for friends and family is kind of a good thing because you can sort of use them as guinea pigs and you know, you can just have them pay for materials and you build the stuff. The bar can be a little bit lower. Exactly. Yeah. They can, you know, you have that understanding going into it, but at a point, you know, if you do start doing it where you're actually building things for clients or whatever, you have to make them value your time the same way that you value your time. So, I think, you know, if, if it comes down to it, I mean, maybe you do have to tell a lie. You know, maybe if you're, you don't have a YouTube channel or whatever, you just tell them, you know, you're booked with other orders. So then yeah. at least they see that, okay, well, if I really do want Mike to build me something, then I have to pay him what his time is worth, what these other clients are going to pay him. I think that's always a good kind of... That, was that your go-to before you started making videos? Just like, um, man, I would, but I'm so swamped right now. Yeah, I mean, it probably was, but it was kind of true. Like, it actually got right. to the point where everything that I was building was for a client, so I could I could say it with a straight face, luckily. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is, so I actually found that as I got deeper into it and was taking on more client work, and again, I think I was always, in a way, lucky to be able to do this because of having a full-time job, so I wasn't relying on all my money to come from that, but saying no to clients. Like, I got to a point, and actually, that was one of the things that prompted me to want to move away from it and get into YouTube is I feel like I was saying no to more projects than I was saying yes to. Was it price or just the project itself? A mix of everything. So, and that's actually, that actually that has to do with a question that got written in about how to deal with clients when it has to do with like price or you feel like they're wasting your time or whatever. Usually I got to a point where I could rule those conversations out, those conversations out pretty quickly because you know, you would make sure you didn't get through 10 emails and then say, okay, it's going to be this much. And then they're like, oh, I thought it was going to be like $300. So, (laughs) you know, you kind of, you can get rid of those conversations early. 
it actually had more to do with the types of things that were being requested. So if I felt like, you know, this is not what I make, it's not what I want to make, then I could answer. So number two, the number two question that I asked was, is this good for the other person? I could tell them with a straight face, like, look, I could do this, but you're going to get a better product from somebody else who specializes in this thing. Hmm. And it, I just felt like it got to the point where I was actually turning down more work because it was either things that I wasn't interested in building or that I didn't build or, you know, for a variety of different reasons. And that was one of the things that prompted me into moving to YouTube, as I said. But I guess now, unless you guys have other thoughts on those parts, we can get to like the more sponsory but, side. I, of it. With the with the friends and family, um, I mean, my philosophy in general is it's either hell yes or no. And I, I got that from <laughs> a, a Derek Sivers sort of interview with a, a Tim Ferriss, mm-hmm. is that uh, when you're when you're getting started, and you're sort of establishing yourself in a new business or in you know in a new endeavor, then I, I tend to say yes to just about everything because I'm just trying things and I want opportunity. But once I've sort of defined the path and the process, then it's about removing distractions and narrowing focus. Now that being said, when it comes to friends and family, part of my goals is to be helpful generous and that's not just a a goodwill thing i actually think that's like a smart way just to to live is to be seen as sort of a hub of of connectivity and creating opportunities for other people so what i normally do is when somebody sort of says hey can you build this for me uh my immediate uh my initial intent is to always say no um but what I'll often do is I'll offer them something in return. I'll say, no, but you can pick anything that I've already made that's sitting around in my loft or in storage, and you can have that for free and come get it today. Right? <laughs> and come get it and today. And come get it today. Right. <laughs> and come get it this hour. What I do is immediately give them a more generous offer with something done and then push it into a way that's also useful for me so it gets rid of space and they come pick it up. Right. So uh, it's never saying, no, I'm too busy or that. It's saying, no. Now, functionally... I never want to design to somebody else's expectations. I got enough to do with my own. And I have enough ideas, so I don't need their, their ideas or their sort of this, you know, project outline it is of no use to me. But they, they're, I do want to be generous, and they're welcome to have any of the things that I made. So just recently, uh, my friend Heather, who came over and did, the, uh, you know, did, did some modeling for the, the gym that we made, yeah. um, we want to see it from like someone who does like Olympic lifts. Uh, she's like, Oh, I really like this. The, the, the burnt out stump table. So I'm like, great. Take it with you. It's yours. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'll try to be really disproportionately as generous as I possibly can and give people stuff, whether it's old tools or things like that. Um, I think that's something I, I've, I've also learned from watching people like Jimmy Duresta, who's like ridiculously generous within the community. Yeah. Um, but I want to make sure that I'm not going to end up resenting the favors that I'm doing, right? And this, I think, speaks to Chris's sort of philosophy is that you want to make sure it's good for you and good for the other person. So yeah. I want to be generous, but I want to be generous in a way that when I'm building the project, I'm not being like, oh, I can't believe I agreed to this. This person right. sucks, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I try to offer something. And to sort of segue into the more sort of not dealing with friends and family, I try to deal with, with brands in the same way. Where if they come to me and say, hey, we want you to do one video for this price, and here's our terrible idea, I'll, my immediate response will be, no, 
but <laughs> I'll do four videos for a way lower per price uh, yeah, per rate. video price. Right. But here's four better ideas. Right. But here's what I want to do. Right. So again, it's 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 accepting the opportunity and always trying to not just say no to an, an idea, but very quickly knowing and having in my back pocket, knowing what would be a better version of that deal for myself. So I'm not mm-hmm. just saying no. I'm immediately saying no, but countering with something that sounds and is much better for them because lower price, they're, they're more likely to get ROI on the, that content. I'm only have to deal with one contract rather than four different ones for four separate brands. And the whatever the approval or review process for the first video, the next three ones is going to be a lot smoother because I'm going to know what they want. I'm going to have all the copy written, all the links and all that stuff. Yep. So I'll, I'll, I'm really quick to say no to the deal, but I'm always really quick to have an alternative that I think is better for both parties. Yeah, I think that like, okay, so getting onto the topic of working with clients for me so far. So I've only said no a handful of times and it's usually the same sort of manner where I'll have, even if it's not another idea, it'll be, it's not just a straight, no, not interested or whatever. I, I usually give some sort of reason. So an example, one, the thing that kind of brought this up is that Mike, your newest video, uh, the, the picnic table that you were just talking about was sponsored by Wrangler, the uh, Wrangler rigs, the yep. workwear. And so um, they had reached out to me and I was going to do a deal with them as well. And what prompted it was... But you said no. So initially I said yes. I was totally open to it. You know, I thought it was a a fine brand and everything. But of course it hinged on, let me try on the clothes. Uh So they sent me the clothes and I tried them on. And there's nothing wrong with the clothes. I mean, I think that they're perfectly fine for what they're supposed to be. And I'm sure that, you know, they're the kind of angles that it's for working outdoors in hot weather and that can actually keep you cool. But they're not skinny jeans. They're not. I, it would revoke my... I'm a card-carrying member of the hipster club, and it would revoke <laughs> my card. No, I'm just joking. No, it just... It didn't fit me. Like, I put them on, and I was just like, this just isn't me. Like, right. no knock on the clothes. But I feel like, you know... it. I feel like the people who are, like, you know, my hardcore fans or whatever and watch my videos would look at it and be like, hmm, this doesn't seem like Chris. You sold out. Yeah, I was a, I was afraid, not even afraid of getting that call. But it's almost like that's what you felt. So if right, you're going exactly. to feel that way, how exactly. is everyone else watching going to think? Yeah, I felt like people who said it would be justified in saying it in yeah. a way. And that's so kind of funny. So whenever I first started talking to him, I actually started talking to him. I guess let's just be super transparent on the podcast, right? That's let's what all this is. I hope I'm not breaching any contract by talking about it. Mm-hmm. But I, I actually got in contact last winter by mm-hmm. by Wrangler and I think all it came down to was I just asked for too much money and then you know they went with other people which is totally fine I understand that um that's business mm-hmm. um but apparently they were interested enough to come back and we were able to settle on a price that was fair for everybody and whenever I first got uh, a shipment of clothes I just told them my sizes and I was like just send me you know send me whatever has the most tapered fit you know mm-hmm. yeah and they sent me these baggy ass carpenter jeans like they looked <laughs> like you know like my grandpa would be wearing them no knocks <laughs> on my grandpa but he loves carpenter jeans <laughs> and uh, immediately i was like oh no this i kind of had the same feeling you did where it was like oh this is probably not great right. but i went back on their website and i found you know a pair of jeans that had a little bit better cut that were a little less uh grandpa 
And, you know, I emailed them back. I said, hey, listen, um, I got the shirt. I got the clothes in. Shirts are great. Look awesome. Feel great. But the pants are, you know, kind of baggy. And so I got a new pair in. And they're still baggier than what I would normally wear. Mm-hmm. But I think that where that's kind of where it comes down to the line of it was something Ben mentioned a long time ago, uh, a few weeks ago, where he was saying, you know, we're not necessarily endorsers. We're demonstrators. Right. And it's kind of the idea of like, yes, I use Ryobi tools a lot in my videos. But, you know, my picnic table, I also happen to use a DeWalt Sawzall. I'm yeah. not saying. Yeah. It's just the idea that like I'm not a celebrity endorser of Ryobi. I'm saying these are the Ryobi tools I have. This is what I'm building with them. I just didn't happen to have a recipro- reciprocating saw from uh, right. Ryobi. So it's kind of the same The same perspective is what I take with that. To Wrangler's credit, I kind of dug the whole cool Vantage stuff that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was 98 degrees in Oklahoma and about 99% humidity. Nice. Um, and they were comfortable. I, I didn't have too much uh, swamp crotch going on, so I was digging it. <laughs> yeah, I want them for welding. I think they'd be nice for welding because that's be when great. you have to wear you have to wear you know things that cover up. Exactly. But often, I mean, right now, I, I, you know, going long sleeves and you know, full pants in like. 85 to 90 degree weather and then welding on top of it is is pretty brutal so yeah i I was sort of intrigued for them for that absolutely i think it's a again to sort of chris's point is that you want to make sure the deal is good for both parties right i mean if they're offering sort of fu money then obviously yes um (laughs) but if it's you know sort of uh fake and exploitive and not productive for any party then it's not a good deal Mm -hmm. right and it doesn't mean that it's you know there's no future potential with the brand. It just might mean at that particular thing at that, you know, uh, at that season for me, you know, cause I've worked with uh, Wrangler rigs uh, in the past. It worked out perfectly because I actually didn't have any sort of like super warm workwear. And that's where I think their stuff is really awesome. Like their quilted sort of like canvas jackets are, they're cool. Like I, I would buy those jackets and the, mm-hmm. the vests in particular, which I think the vest would be the best thing for Chris, but it's probably yeah. a little too warm for a vest there. It's um, perfect in the summer. He's just only yeah. wearing a vest. <laughs> just nothing under it. Just the vest. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be um, hilarious. So yeah, it, it's, you know, and sometimes that's the thing. It's, it's about saying no, but let's come back when the weather's colder and we'll do a campaign then. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how I tried to leave it. I figured that was the best case scenario. And to their credit, they were totally understanding. And I think they agreed with me was I said, you know, I mean, or I think we left it where, yeah, let's, you know, if there's a, a future time where this works out better with a different product, that's more aligned to, you know, who I am, then yeah. we're in good standings and we can do it then. Shout out to Wrangler though. Their shirts are definitely going to be like a daily wear for me. I've got like three or four of them. They're like a heavy duty cotton. Really? Yeah, yeah they yeah, are. Yeah. They're, which Ben was talking about. He likes soft shirts. I yeah. prefer like 100% like beefy tees. I don't know what <laughs> it is. I just like, I like heavy shirts. Give this man a beefy tee. Yeah. So that should be your nickname, well, also, beefy tee. These are going to be daily wears for sure. For uh, like molten metal work, you want 100% cotton everything. Oh, yeah. So like if, it, if, if heat gets on it, like the hot metal, it won't like oh. melt the plastic into your skin. Yeah, you don't, oh, want, you don't that. want like <laughs> nylon. Yeah, you want a uh, you want uh, natural fibers. Yeah, or like in the good sort of molten safety jackets and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, what are some other examples when it comes to sponsors? Uh, a couple other examples, and they're all going to kind of fall in the same line. So, recently, 
it's kind of weird actually. So it seems like it's in within like the past like month of where I've been saying no more. Um, so I love graph- saying no. I love it, man. <laughs> it's so empowering. Just lording that over people. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, it was a graphics company that reached out to me and it's funny. So they actually reached out to me and their initial offer was more money than what I even ask for typically from brands. Whoa. And I'm going to tell you that now. And you couldn't work it in? No, I'm kidding. Well, (laughs) so here's what it was. And and again, I left it in good standings. And I think that we will work together in the future. Right. It was everything that I could think of that would be a good project for it had a digital fabrication aspect to it. And I, so Uh, I told him like, hey, look, I'm like just getting into this. I'm just getting machines. I'll probably be ready to do this in a couple months. I think that I'll be able to give you a lot better of a product at that point. So why don't we reapproach why don't we talk about this again in like three months yeah and that's, that's kind of cool. where and i think that that's actually you know hopefully they'll look at it, at that as like oh this guy's looking out for our best interest he wants to give us a better product and he'll be able to do that down the road um another one was actually so when i was i was talking with carbide 3d about a cnc machine so they're the company that makes um the shape oco and so i was interested in getting one of those and basically their stance at that time was that they were selling them like hotcakes, so it didn't really make sense to give one to somebody, but they wanted to send out their Nomad, which is similar to the Carvey that Ben has. So it's more of like a self-contained unit, can do more materials, um, you know, it's like already calibrated, kind of comes set up. Type exactly. Thing. Yeah. And so, and this, you know, I could be at fault here, but I looked at that thing and I was like, I'm just getting into this. And I felt like, you know, I'm not going to be able to showcase this thing in its best light. Like this thing can do way more than I'm going to be able to Mm. put on display. And I know that's kind of a short-sighted way to look at it because it's not like, you know, okay, I got to get it in day one, be able to do something. Maybe it's in four months that I'm able to do something really cool with it. Who knows? But I just felt like I was going to be taking advantage of them if I took it and not being able to show what it's actually capable of. So. That's why I said like you're saying, get a few projects with a normal CNC under your belt to kind of get the grasp of everything. And then, yeah, I I think more of the stuff that I'm interested in building, at least at that time, required a larger um, workspace. Yeah. And so, yeah, I felt like I was I felt like I was just going to be taking it to take it at the time. And I didn't want to take advantage of the situation. Yeah, I think I think for me whether you say yes or no is less important than the speed of which you can make a decision. Uh-huh. Um, and an example is a deal that the three of us are currently working on. I can't go into too much details yet. Cause we're still going back and forth over, over the contract, but even to the point where we just initially got the request for the proposal is I knew that this company was reaching out and they were talking, going to talk to like a whole bunch of influencers uh, about, you know, some sort of creating some sort of video packages for them. And I know that I was sort of the first person they were going to talk to or one of the first ones on the first day. So I had no idea what they wanted, but I made sure that just before I took the phone call that I, that I knew sort of best and worst case scenarios of what I would accept out of the deal. Because what I, what I hate in doing deals with people is just that when it, everything gets drawn out over email yeah, and it's yeah. like, Oh, okay. So let's do it. Okay. And then let's schedule another call or another email. And it's just like week after week of like back and forth, and people are just sort of slowly feeling each other out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so with them, it was, you know, they're saying, oh, how, how would you go about sort of producing a, a pretty large quantity of videos for us? And I immediately just said a price that was, I knew was going to be lower than what they were going to hear from anybody else. 
but for a massive commitment of content. And you could hear on the other end of the phone because there's sort of a group of them like, oh, right. So it, <laughs> it was, and then, you know, pretty much from there, it sort of moved right to sort of talking about contracts and, and pushing the deal forward. So it's one of those things where, uh, Yes, you want to know your value, and yes, you want to try to get the most out of every situation, but the ability to be really decisive and, and know what works for you so that you can, when, when you have the person on the phone, you can close the deal is incredibly important. And there's been so many times where I've escalated uh, one-off deals into long-term partnerships strictly because I knew how low I could go on sort of price and quantity so that I could blow them out of the way, create a huge win for that person, and then set up a permanent relationship with that brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a uh, n- you know sort of knowing your fallback positions cold, so that the, when you're in the call, you don't have to like try to get a little bit more out of them from the next email, and then yeah. add a couple things in the next contract proposal. Yeah. But just so you can drive it to a point of conclusion quickly, yes. and it's. And that's why I'm always trying to get I always try and get people on the phone as soon as possible. And yeah. whenever I go into it, it's kind of what you were just saying is like I know what is what I'm willing to, you know, to work for uh minimum, you know, and kind of like what a starting ask like an asking price, whatever you want to call it is, like a starting point. And I know my schedule, I know what I have when. That way, if I can just get someone on the phone, I can accomplish 15 emails in 20 minutes. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you can work a lot quicker. Exactly. I think that's one of Ben's biggest strengths probably and something that I would like to have more of. Is I think he's got that mentality where if somebody approaches with an opportunity, he'll say yes with knowing that I'll figure it out. I'll oh, find okay. a way to figure it out and get it done. Whereas I'm like, I, I err too much on the side of caution and I would like to be more like Ben in that way. No, it, You're my hero, Ben. It, it's, it's, it's true, right? Because like, it, it's, it's an important skill because you never want to sign a bad deal. But so, for example, I'll say yes to a lot of deals, but I'll know that when it comes to the contract, I'll put in a clause that says either side can terminate the relationship at any point. Mm-hmm. If, if that clause is in the contract, then I'm not worried about signing a bad deal. Yeah, that's a good point. Then right. it kind of it, it gives you liberty to say yes. And most brands that I've worked with for 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 you know multi project commitments have wanted that in there anyways. So it's it's the thing where you're because you know there's no deal that I sign with a new entity that I'm not 100 percent sure on. I mean, yeah, I have doubts about it. You know, everything because you don't know how how things are going to turn out. But you want to be able to move decisively. Like there's always going to be doubt and uncertainty, but you don't want to have that slow down your sort of like your ability to operate and, and move it forward. Um, and uh, yeah, no. So it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll say yes to things if, if I feel like that. If I feel hesitant, then I'll probably fire back with a with a, you know, to, to increase the size of the deal, if not the rate or the price. Um and then if it's sort of marginal where it's like not big enough of a deal to make it interesting and uh, I'm not sure if it'll work, then I'll say no. There you go. Here's one. I don't know. I, these ones I, I'm sure you guys don't respond to and I've never responded oh, to this gosh, one. Oh gosh, I, I just wanna, know where you're going. <laughs> I just want to know if anybody's done it. And if you have done it, write, write into us and tell us what happens. But yeah, you get those emails where people say, hey, I want to give you 
$20 a week into your PayPal account if you put these links in your videos. Yeah, never. I would never. <laughs> what if you just got rich off of all those? Off of Ted's woodworking plan? <laughs> yeah, Ted's. Uh, you know that? Son of a bitch. I used to get that one. Now I get, uh, oh, what is it called? Wood pricks? No, it's that a, is it's, the like that is the scourge of my comment section. It's yeah, wood pricks. Broken English people saying I build this great articles in wood pricks. Yeah, and since we're mentioning them, let's be sure to tell people never ever ever support those businesses. No, uh, they are scams. Their content isn't what they say it is. Uh, they're right. it's stolen it's like a content. thousand stolen, miscategorized, right. mislabeled. Plans. Yeah, it would be like a recipe book, but like ingredients are missing, so you end up wasting <laughs> your time and materials because everything comes out poorly. Yeah. Pepe's amazing woodworking plans. That's the wow. one that always gets posted on really legit. Oh, it's, it's the deal, man. <laughs> yeah. Also, the idea of having a thousand plans, but with no good navigation system or index, is like makes it it makes the quantity actually a liability. Right. Yeah. Because you're like, what was that one? But yeah. on a on a flip note to the to the question is, have you guys said no to something that you're later like, damn it, I should have I should have said yes. The nomad. No, just joking. Yeah. Uh, I think that's I think that's the one where I probably maybe should have said yes and didn't. I feel pretty good about the other ones that I've done. Um, and again, I mean, it's it, it's the kind of thing where most of them have been no for now, or you know, this just isn't a good fit right now. I can give you something better later. Yeah, I think the only one uh, that I've ever... I haven't said no to anything that I've really regretted. Uh, one thing that it probably would have made sense for me to do is the company Isotunes. They make those really cool Bluetooth headphones that are also like noise canceling. Uh-huh. They sent me a pair and they're like, hey, we'd love to work together. I said, great. Um, like, If you want to sponsor a video, yeah, we can figure out you know, how, how that all works. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to do a, more of like a reoccurring kind of background sponsorship where it would be like put a couple shots in and every video and we'll give you x amount of dollars for that Uh um and i just didn't honestly it was just logistics i like being able to say like this video is for this that video is for that and once it's done it's done kind of thing right and so i said no but i just i wear them so much all the time it's like dang i could be getting paid for this no (laughs) yeah because they are really awesome those headphones are dope like, what's even the right thing to do in that situation in terms of being open about it? Uh, so what I did was I said, no, that's just not how I have my channel structured. But if you guys ever do want to do a video, let me know. I'm going to keep using the product because I think it's cool. But Yeah, I think that's probably the way to do it. Because I don't think you'd want to do it where you're not mentioning it, but they're giving you money for every video and you're not exactly. saying it and you're just putting them in there. That does... That, yeah, it seems like that's like not at face value. So if anything, do one video and then I'll keep wearing them in other videos because I actually use them, but I'll talk about them in this one video that you sponsor. Yeah, and, and really my whole thing is if I have a company or a brand that's interested in sponsoring a video, the last thing I want to do is tell every single one of them that, oh, FYI, I have this thing exactly. background with this brand. Or even worse, not tell them and then that somehow right colluding yeah. everything. So I just said, listen, I love the product. If you guys ever want to sponsor a video, I'm 100% down. Uh, just, just let me know. So yeah. now I, I wear my work tunes. I wear my big three M ones. I'll wear my ISO tunes. I got, you... I got, I got no, uh, whatever it's called loyalty to any of them. They're, <laughs> He'll take they're tunes all wherever they come from. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I gotta, I'm going to hang out with Johnny Brook pretty soon. I got to ask him cause I know he's good at He'll get multiple sponsors in a single video. Have, you guys haven't done that, have you? Yeah, I no. do it. Oh, you've I, done it? Yeah, I do it all the time. No, I haven't done it. It's just, it, honestly, it's just 
schedule or it's like scheduling and it's just the logistics of it is yeah. I just it's just I'm not that smart and it's complicated. It is. Yeah. I have it, it, it I depends mean, on if you're doing like a per video or like sort of an annual deal. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, but any other thoughts? Of, well, I have oh, some, I have a it's a, in between it's an announcement and something that we uh, I think have all said yes to even though I think you guys are still working out the details, but I think we'll go ahead and announce it is that uh drum roll yep. uh <laughs> i recently said yes to doing the the keynote uh talk at workbench con nice. so in i think it's in february of yeah, 2008 mid, late february yep. yeah so february 2018 in atlanta uh workbench con the first ever workbench con um it'll be sort of a different type of conference and the the organizers asked me to sort of consult on what would be because i've been to a ton of trade shows a ton of you know woodworking shows and sort of builder shows and maker meetups and things like that and what i said is like well i i'm not the biggest fan of like trade show where there's a bunch of booths and you walk around and you get literature there's a bunch of people with polo shirts with like brands on the polo shirts right it's <laughs> like every trade show yeah. yeah i was like I would love to be able to try new tools and new products that I've only really ever seen online, but never really got to get my hands on like big things. Okay, cool. Like actual demos and actually, yeah. So it's like, I don't want just to see like, you know, more, uh, circular saws. I want to try like one of those giant saws that you can cut like a street in half with. Right. (laughs) Or like, I want to try like the jaws of life or I want to drive a bobcat. (laughs) Um, so I don't know how much of that they're all going to implement. I do know that I'm going to be there Jimmy DeResta is going to be there, and it looks like you two guys are going to be there as we're well. We're going to be there. Talk. Yeah, and in addition, together. together. In addition to just all hanging out, which we're going to do, it's I think like a two-day uh, event. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be tons of hangout time. I think they're going to get like food trucks to the warehouse. Uh, there'll be like people will be building stuff. Uh, there'll also be some classes too. So I'm going to do some classes on how to deal with sponsors on you know basically the sort of business stuff behind what I do also giving a talk. And I think you guys are doing a class on sort of design and staging and production. Yep. So I know Jimmy's going to be doing some hangouts and some stuff like that too. So check it out. We'll put a link in our website and on the, the, the link in the bio to the, uh, the Instagram account. So, uh, it's going to sell out. So get your tickets (laughs) right away. Yeah. Uh, and uh, plan around this. It, sh- it should be a lot of fun. Oh, and should we say, Chris crunched the numbers. I did. And we're within like one episode of having our 100th and 101st episode while we're all three together at WorkbenchCon. Yep. So, so we need ideas. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how the logistics work out if we can right. put something together, but it's, hopefully we'll be able to. Yeah, it's no promises. We're just letting the facts be known. Yeah, just so... So nobody crunches the numbers and then tells us. We right. know. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you want to come hang out with us, I'm going to be there at the whole event. I'll probably get there a day early and stay a day late. So come hang out. Uh, you know, if you if you ever come up and talk to me at one of these things, you'll know that I'm very accessible and, yeah, looking forward to just shooting the shit and having a lot of fun and possibly a few drinks at Applebee's nearby. Hey, yeah, if they're, Man, not if all they're closed. still there. Yeah, if they're still there in in February, we got to do it, right? Golly, so, man, I felt sorry for Applebee's. <laughs> Poor Applebee's. Poor guys. So that's work I'm gonna go there. Yeah, 
I'm going to go taste it once at least. I don't think that makes up for everything you've said. It could put them back in business. Yeah, right. Single-handedly. <laughs> we were just uh, like one chicken dish away, and then Chris <laughs> saved breaking us. breaking even. <laughs> so, so go to our Instagram account. Click on the link in the bio. Yep. Get your tickets, and uh, let us know if you're, if you're coming. Um, and it uh, be good to have a bunch of our, of our listeners uh, it would be up. really cool, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be the first time that I've ever done anything like that. So Same I'm looking for forward me. to it. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to doing it with you, Chris. Kind of giving me a little bit of a rock to lean on. Yeah, I'm known <laughs> for my public speaking, so. Oh, I took a. Spe- Not really. I took one speech class in college. <laughs> As did I. That was over nice. ten years ago. Man, and I'll tell you what. <laughs> nothing will make you more confident in your own speaking ability than going to a speech class in college. <laughs> there are some kids that can't do it and get right. real nervous. So. Oh no, that's that. It's what I always say: is like get inspired by the terrible. Like that's exactly uh-huh. it. Yeah, don't don't listen to like a great speaker. Like listen to someone that's terrible and be like, yeah, I'm not that bad. Yeah, don't go listen to TED talks and being like, I yeah. can't do this. Go go to a community college. Oh, speech listen, class. listen to my TED talk. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping Your, also yours there's was good. I liked yeah. it. I'm hoping that there's a big difference between talking about you know the history of Abraham Lincoln versus what you're actually passionate about and do every day. Right. You know, it's a little, it's a little more natural and you can have that confidence in what you're saying and you can actually believe in what you're saying. So that makes yeah. it easier. I think we're going to try and build in a little bit of a Q and a at the end of ours as well. So that should be fun. Yeah. Hoping to be able to like, answer some, some questions while we're there. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. All right, so let's see. We're already we're running pretty long. We can do a let's get a hypothetical. We got a quick hypothetical that somebody wrote it. in. All right, it's kind of a goofy one. So I guess this can kind of double as the what Ben can't answer seriously part. Oh, okay. So it comes in from <laughs> Leighton Demoss. He says, "Would you rather be stuck with one song for every video you make moving forward, or be able to use a new song in every video, but it has to be made by a beatboxer? <laughs> so it oh, has to gosh. be like." rather have the same song (laughs) the same song every time yeah Yeah, i think we're all going to choose the same song every time from someone that's been there it gets a little rough you know beatboxing is only slightly more enjoyable than listening to somebody chew with their mouth open oh that's the best (laughs) i would yeah i would just choose something that's like very i mean because you could i guess you'd still have the option to just not have music so that's always on the table but i would just choose something that's very like ambient and just kind of just sets a, a tone but doesn't really have like a, a defined melody or anything i think that's what it would be is i would find a nice 20 minute song mm-hmm. and then be able to pick and choose what i want Ooh, out of it yeah there you go and then mostly just no longer have music pr- play as much as a, of a role you know what i mean turn it down a little bit and maybe yeah. only use it occasionally or every other video or something so maybe you start really highlighting the noise of the tools maybe that becomes your new shtick yeah you know i started doing that since i've gotten my new camera it has uh-huh. a, an external microphone that's decent enough. On my other camera, uh, the 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 most recent one I broke, uh-huh. it had an external microphone, but was so bad it was it didn't matter. How, it I couldn't manually adjust the gain, so everything right. was always peaking, just blowing out. And then the camera I broke before that, <laughs> uh, the microphone was just broken since I bought it. I bought it off Craigslist, so nice. Not my fault. But yeah, being able to throw in a little bit of tool noise is kind of nice. It is. As long as it's at a reasonable level. Yeah, as long as it's not, and you're not trying to like compete with it while you're talking or exactly. something. Exactly. Yeah, I don't like videos where it's only tool noise. You got to have at least some voiceover. You got to have a little bit of music, for the most part, at least. Occasionally, there's the standout, but there's got to be something there. Mm-hmm. 
Should we uh, hop into what we're obsessed with currently? Yes. What Anything? are you obsessed with? Oof. Okay. Ooh. You know, so last week I, I, I talked about the Made for Profit podcast. So I, I binged those things hard, man. I went right Dude. through them. Mm-hmm. And so now I'll say that I'm obsessed with Instagram because they really, they lit a fire under me to start taking <laughs> Instagram a little bit more seriously. Yeah. So anybody listening to this, if you're not following me on Instagram already, go do it. What is Four it? Four Eyes Furniture. Nice. One word. Um, but yeah, I, it's funny because I used it kind of passively. I mean, if there was a second social media that I was using, it was definitely Instagram, you know, after YouTube. But I feel like I still was using it kind of passively. I was probably posting, you know, like on average two, three times a week. I'm trying to post pretty much once a day now, at least sometimes two times a day. And I mean, just from like the week that I've been doing it, I've already seen an uh, increase in the number, you know, in the rate that I'm getting new follows. It's not huge, but it's, you know, it definitely shows that it, it works. But I think that um, something that I wasn't doing that I'm going to try to do a lot more of is because I'm already, I already have a lot of content built in, in just being able to use the process photos and basically just captures from the video that I'm taking. Right. You know, they're already nice looking shots. So why not use those? So I'm going to try to do more of that and actually try to use it more as something where people can follow along on what you're building as you're building and sooner. Yeah. You can actually see the things that I'm working on sooner rather than in the past. It was more like, okay, I already put this video out and now here's just like the beauty shots of it. Yeah. That'll be really cool. So, yeah. um, I want to give two shout outs as my, what I'm obsessed with. I want to shout out, Brad Rodriguez of Made for Profit and Weekend Alumni. We're giving him too much love. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) But I caught his live stream last night or the night before, whenever it was. Uh And he quit his job. He's full time now making content. So shout out. That's awesome. Go go give him some love, man. If you're not following Brad, if you're not listening to his podcast, go do that. But my second shout out of what I'm, I guess, actually obsessed with or something I thought was crazy cool was Matthias Wandel put out a domino row building machine. I saw that. I didn't watch a video, but I saw the, saw the thumbnail. It was really crazy. It was just one of those things that I just don't have a mind that works like that. So it's really interesting whenever I see it to think, He's a like, mad scientist. How, do, how are people coming up with this kind of stuff? I just don't have anything close to an engineering type mind. Mm-hmm. And, but basically, he just made this little motorized machine that takes a row of dominoes that you load into the machine... And it pops one out at a time, and within each motion of popping one out, it also scoots itself forward about an inch to space the dominoes out as well, all in one motion. It's really cool. So go check that out. Nice. Ben, (laughs) what are you obsessed with? Um, Well, Mike did two, so you don't have to do one if you don't want. No. (laughs) Well, I I guess I can say it now because – uh it'll be the surprise will be out by the time uh this posts you're pregnant uh, yes <laughs> uh no um so i've been looking a lot at uh, doing a lot of research into appliances and it's sort of a project i'm doing with uh home depot and what i'm really excited about is that uh i'm getting my mom a new stove so Ooh, best I've, son award i know right <laughs> like so my mom loves baking uh, she's like awesome at baking and, uh, her, the oven in her old beat up sort of gas stove recently went out and I've been trying to see, okay, you know, waiting because I'm, I'm heading out to California anyways. And so I was like trying to say, okay, I've been trying to tell my dad and my, my other sister to sort of don't let her get a new one. Cause I'm, I want to get her one and install it for her and do all that. Yeah. Uh, 
So we're, uh, it should actually be doing this on the day that this uh, uh, podcast posts. So go check your Instagram story? Yeah, so check There'll my Instagram story, right? Okay, cool. So uh, my, my sister is going to be taking her out for the day. And then me and my dad are going to, the Home Depot's delivering the stove. And it's like an awesome KitchenAid stove. It's like super badass. It's like, it, it's like I did tons of research, like learned all about different stoves. I was, because when I was looking at the, the, the sort of literature on them, I wasn't sure. It's like, oh, convection. Because they all said like the, the nice ones are dual fuel so that the, the range or the cooktop is gas, but the oven is electric. Interesting. Because mm, that's supposed okay. to be like you get the speed from the gas, but like the, the electric is really precise for, for, you know, controlling the exact temperature. But then he also said they were convection ovens. And then I was like, so I was talking to the guy and he's like, no, you can turn the convection on or off. It's just a fan. So it's good for some things like turkeys, but not necessarily good for like baking bread. So mm-hmm. I did tons of research on that. And uh, yeah, it was just really cool learning about sort of what's out there in appliances. Uh, I also got new laundry machines for for my unit and just, you know, actually realizing how advanced these machines are. The technology and like stoves and uh, washing machines and stuff like that is so much more advanced than what it used to be. I still think of everything as like, you know, what I used in college, which was like super trashy and, and, <laughs> and ghetto. So they can um, do your taxes. Yeah, so it made me think about sort of what other, you know, inefficient, old, outdated things that I, am I still using because I haven't like done the research and realized that there's better options out there. So what um, is it? Uh, well, for me, it was it's cameras. So uh, <laughs> I, I looked at all the things that I used the most uh-huh. that I might have like an older version of, and so I went out and uh, ordered a new uh, some new Sony mirrorless cameras. Nice. Oh, nice. What did you get? Uh, I'm getting the the Sony A6000, uh-huh. uh, which I think is going to be like my sort of. I was going to get like the Canon Mark VIII, which is like ridiculously expensive. It's like four or five thousand bucks. It is, mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, instead, I decided that now that I have more a bigger team, that I want more sort of more reasonably priced cameras than like one super camera. Good point. Yeah. So I'm getting the the Sony A6000 mirrorless, which is supposed to be really easy to use. One of my photographer friends recommended it. I was I was looking at that and the Fuji one, and then I'm getting also getting the Sony A7000, which is a full frame camera. Uh, so that's going to be really handy for taking photographs of like you know bathrooms or tight spaces or stuff like that. Nice, Mike. Did you run into like difficulties like getting good finished shots of the bathrooms? There's probably pretty limited angles you can get, right? It was, yeah. Um, so just because it's so tight, you mean? Yeah. Right. So Without if you look at my video, fish-eyed. there are a lot of kind of close cropped shots, and that's just because there was. You know, not enough room in the space. So my biggest difficulty was trying to make a thumbnail where I could get the whole thing in there. So what I ended up actually doing was getting my iPhone and making a panorama of the room and then like cropping and like trying to make that round image half straight. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Uh, Fixing it. Fixing like the perspective. Thank you for helping me out there. But yeah. No problem. Yeah. That was the big problem was trying to get something that was an establishing shot. Because there's yeah. plenty of you know close-up shots I could get, but actually being able to zoom out was pretty tough. One thing I will say with the mirrorless cameras, though, which is what happened with mine, is be careful around the dust with those because oh, really? mm-hmm. I don't know if the I don't know if the one you're getting has an interchangeable lens, 
but the one that I had did not have an interchangeable lens, and that's why it broke. Was sawdust got into the the lens? Oh, itself I, I won't be using these could... for video. I'll just use, be using them for still photography. Oh, okay. Then yeah, you should be good to yeah. go. So I awesome. use like I thought use like you know like the sort of handy video cameras uh, for for video uh, stuff. Oh, you use actual camcorders? Yeah, because I, I hate when things go out of focus and yeah stuff like that. And that's true. Cool. I love it. <laughs> love a nice blurry sasquatch shot you know i did have that where earlier i was editing and i had to i had to throw in the blurry shot i didn't have anything else that i could do so i was like <laughs> that's ah, all i got gotta do it yep. but anyway live and learn cool awesome well, all right one last for- one last oh. thing Ooh, i was about to close it out before mike closes it out one last thing we our reddit is up so we haven't advertised yet so there's only a couple people on there yep but Go check it out. It's going to be a really good place to like ask questions. I think it'll be the best place. So go check it out. It's at reddit.com slash r slash modern maker podcast. But you don't even have to do that. Just go to Reddit and just search modern maker podcast and you'll find it. If if for nothing else, you got to go look at it just to see the little caricatures of us that, that uh, Evan and Caitlin made because they helped us it. put it together. Just right there. <laughs> that's That's worth it right there. So go check that out. Other than that, I think that's it. So you want to close it out, Mike? I do. As I scroll through the iTunes charts to see where we're at on our uh-huh. goal to break 100, I don't see us. So check back on that for the weekend show. We I should off. have been more prepared. Either way, <laughs> go tell your cousin about the show. <laughs> Let him know how great it is. And uh, if you want to shoot us a five-star review, we'd really appreciate that. Still got stickers. You know the, you know the shtick if you want a sticker. The sticker. Um, and yeah, thanks guys for listening. Hope to see you guys on the weekend. Bye, everybody. Later. Later.